probably five years ago that I realized that the gas gauge on the empty oh the empty it'll it'll tell you where your which yeah, the side arrow of, I didn't I never knew that I wonder how long they've been doing that <laughs> forever <laughs> they might not have been like when I started driving it, I doubt it we're talking the eighties come on. No, it's eh, 1984. They no, probably they weren't had, that smart. No, they had a gas gauge on it. They had a, no, they had a gas gauge. They might not have the little, no, the little arrow. triangle. They no, may the not arrow. have. Since the 60s. <laughs> Wrong. No, you don't know that. For a fact. You don't know. Google it. I guarantee they've been doing it since the 60s. You are fake news. Well, it was after we moved to San Antonio that I, that I, that I learned. Well, either like, either way, it was decades before you found it. It was the new van that we were driving in San Antonio. And I was like, which side is the gas gauge on? She's like that. I was like, oh, okay. And she goes, it's right there. I'm like, oh. And I thought, I was like, I wonder if I'll over that way. So I looked in my van. I'm like, what's there? Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife, Lacey, and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. Hello, Scott. <laughs> Nate. <laughs> uh, so I, I wanted to pick your brain. Uh, we recently did a, a um, video for a friend of ours who runs a ministry, Weekday Ministries. And um, we were talking about community. Oh, you and I. <laughs> I went yeah. tracking with you then. <laughs> I was there. You were there, right? <laughs> You're the one interviewing me. Yes, I did. I was trying to remember what you. I was like, did I watch that video? And then I'm like, oh wait, I think that was Nate. And I think I asked him to come on the show with me. <laughs> hey, did you know that I did a show recently where I invited a guy to talk about community? He you ran did. a ministry called Cultivate. It's amazing. And he wrote a book called Unlove, dealing with relationships <laughs> and living in community. Back to you. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to kind of, it was, you asked me off the cuff questions. <laughs> so I was like, oh no, I hope I got the right answer. So now I have an hour to clarify my answers. No, there you go. I wanted to talk to you because you and I have been, I mean, we've been in a relationship for almost going on 15 years, going on 15, right? Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of our experiences in community and very specifically, we're going to be like talking about church community. Um, and we've had, we've had some crazies and good, good experiences, but, um, oftentimes like the, like what I've heard or the challenge that is usually given to organized church, Christianity, whatever is, well, I don't need other people to speak into my life because I'm a priest in my own household. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> Did Jim Gaffigan teach you voices? <laughs> no way. No, he always does that. <laughs> voice. He always does the high voice. Yeah. That's his across the board. You knew like somebody with a <laughs> cold. But I was wondering. Well, it's my, uh, I'm, yeah, a that's true. I'm a professor and I read a book one time that had a Greek word in <laughs> it. You're a pastor so... theologian. <laughs> so, so I had a Greek word one time. That, and anyways, though, <laughs> <laughs> no, about how we don't need community and how dare the church intervene in my life and tell me how I should live. You know, it's funny. I can't tell the difference between my nasally character voice and my regular voice. It sounds kind of the same to me. I always sound nasally. Oh, goodness. Um, how, uh, okay, so you, why, maybe I'll just start with this question and see where that leads us, but why, in your view, both both biblical view, but then even in your experiential view, right, like what you've lived, mm -hmm. why is community so important? Why is the church in, in a local, a local expression of the church, mm -hmm. why is that so vital or important in a person's life. I mean, I, I always go back to that's where you do real life. And I know that some people are like, who doesn't do real life? I, okay. But I'm talking about like vulnerable, real, open, honest, laughing, crying, telling the stories. You know, no, nobody can tell a funny story that took 10 minutes that week in their life at church on Sunday. You don't mm -hmm. have time. Okay. You can go out afterwards and have a meal and do it. Or you can come early and hang out and have mm -hmm. coffee. But it only... That real life stuff or like, like if you're in church and something major is happening and you went through a major pain that week, you can't just turn your neighbor and start talking. Mm. Like that's awkward in a setting like that. 
Worship is fantastic on a on a gathering moment Sunday, but it's in those homes. It's around the meal. It's around the table. It's sitting in the back porch, drinking yeah. coffee, watching deer run. That's when all the real stuff comes out. That's when mm. people are really real with one another. It has to happen that way. And then you can't listen to to whether your church is one hundred or five hundred or a thousand. You're not going to listen to to seventy five or or 400 or 800 stories and take them all in mm-hmm. in a given week. But if you got 10 people in a community group or or two couples over for a meal that week, you can take it all in and you can actually give something away. So so what if you heard 400 stories on a Sunday, mm-hmm. people going through stuff, how much could you give away? Not too much. Right. Not too much. The two that like whatever you could. Right. It's, it's the only place it, it happens for real. So why would you, why, so, okay, so you're advocating we need to have smaller, more intentional, more uh, vulnerable Mm -hmm. places Mm -hmm. that we can have, like you're saying, real life, real community. So then why, okay, okay, well, I do have that with my friends, so why why do I have to come on a Sunday morning? Number one, Jesus says so, so argue with him, uh. It's always been the way, even before Jesus walked on earth and formed the what is the new church now, mm-hmm. the New Testament church on forward. Uh, they gathered uh, okay. as, a, as followers of God, and then Jesus fashioned it in, hey, you don't need this priest to do all this stuff for you. Mm-hmm. You have direct access, but you also have spiritual leaders I'm giving you, and I'm calling you to gather and celebrate and worship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a great place to have this weekly reunion, worshiping God, learning the same thing together gathering together shoulder to shoulder fellowship it, it's huge I, I always liken it when especially if i teach membership class or something mm-hmm. sundays is like your we do it weekly but like your family reunion like that family you have we i had one side of the family that mm-hmm. had family reunions other side didn't um but every year we go to luling the only people that went to luling mm-hmm. for because nobody needs to go to luling uh, I'm sorry, Lily. You know, you know. Uh, once a year, we'd all gather, and it was just the the giant clan of us, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. Uncles, aunties, cousins, fun, running around, all that stuff. You, you can't do that every every night, mm-hmm. right? So your home, where you have your family, that's your that's your small caring community. So that's the stuff you do all the time around mm-hmm. the meal table. You invite a few people in, but then you also have a celebration. So in the same way. I liken that to during the week, you go and have a small caring community and mm. you just do real, real, real life together. Mm. And then once a week you gather and you just have this big celebration. Mm. You can't live off the celebration, but you do have to have it. Mm. I mean, I think it's key. Uh, it also keeps us all on on the same path as, okay. as what, because Jesus said, I married, I married the church. <laughs> Somebody could say, well, my, my home group is, is Jesus' bride. Okay. Mm-hmm. If he really did that. Mm-hmm. Who 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 you who you bringing in for that mm-hmm. spiritual advisement? And I'm not saying that 25 people meeting a home every week isn't a church, right? But right. do you did you get uh, some other input? Did you get a, a a cloud of witnesses seeking the Lord in maturity, going, "This mm. is a church according to Jesus." Uh, you better have that. Uh, if you don't have, so what would oversight? It, you're in trouble. So what would I guess? It, Tell me the difference between what I hear you advocating for, and you could correct me if I'm being too simplistic, but is a Sunday morning celebration, but then sometime during the week meeting with a smaller group of people for, mm-hmm. you say, you you call it intentional or real life, but what would that, tell me what that, your definition of that, what does that look like for you? I, I think you come together to, to, to pray. To, to learn. I mean, I don't think you have to have a 14-point lesson. You don't necessarily have to go through, hey, we're going through Romans this time, although you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you're learning together. You're being real together. You're 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 discussing stuff together. You're praying together. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, Acts 2.42 kind of gives us mm-hmm. the framework for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can do that in a large setting, like on a Sunday gathering, and then you also you, you put that in a small setting. Like, I know on Wednesday nights, like, our small group that, well, Ours multiplied, so you used to lead mine, but now we <laughs> go to a different one. We didn't divorce. We just we just grew bigger. We grew. We grew. <laughs> but we came together, and we discussed what we were doing in church that day. But prayer, yeah. fellowship, talking, laughing, 
all that stuff is part of it. We eat together, we pray together, and then we discuss what the Lord's showing us from mm -hmm. that Sunday together. It's real life. On Wednesday nights, I have a group that I leave with another person, and we're walking through Hebrews, but we're being very interactive, and we rarely get through a lesson. <laughs> and we just, because we'd rather not get through anything to talk back and forth. At the yeah. same time that we're doing that and doing more of a, of a Bible study, very interactive, you have a group of guys that meet, and y'all are just opening up life and mm -hmm. unpacking stuff. It's the exact same thing, totally different, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a small, caring community coming together <clears throat> to mature and grow and heal and mm -hmm. celebrate and relate. So, if, all because of Jesus, right? Right. That's always. It's the not key. like it's not like we get together and just mm -hmm. yuck it up. Which right? Funny you do. Thing is, that is part of it. Right. Um. So in in this in what I you kind of like a funnel, okay? The big. Entry point maybe is a Sunday morning, and you're you you say it's geared more toward a celebratory mm -hmm. family coming together, right? Worshiping Jesus, maybe a big, big idea in terms of like a sermon or right. whatever preaching, but no <clears throat> real vulnerability on the Sunday morning, especially with any large group, unless they choose that like up at the altar oh, with okay. someone or with okay. Jesus, but. But that's going to be a smaller percentage. Right. I think that would be fantastic all the time. I, I think right. it's always the healthiest when the altars are full, not because of manipulation of my words, mm. but because of response to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's going to speak to everyone on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Whether we hear it is up to <laughs> us and whether we apply it. So that's why I love to always pray, Lord, <clears throat> Holy Spirit, when you, when you speak today, mm. help us respond to you, <clears throat> whatever that looks like. using the funnel analogy coming down you know fewer uh sadly fewer and fewer people get into those smaller mm -hmm. in-depth communities okay so scott what would <clears throat> what would be the difference then like you said we led um we led your small group being a friend of ours um well why isn't that my church why isn't that my you know what that's our that's our sunday morning well for us here <clears throat> we say that's not a church, but what, that's what I mean is like, why? What is, what is the, cause wouldn't that be the church? It could be in a certain setting if that's what somebody wants, but I, I don't, it doesn't really, <laughs> I hate to say the word qualify as a church. It doesn't really qualify as a church. There's no, there's no, if that was the only thing, <clears throat> there's no biblical setup leadership for it. Uh, you know, there's, where are the elders? Mm. Where where are the aspects of worship? Mm. Um, you better add some stuff in and not incorporate like you have to get a 501c3. But you better, if that's going to be a church, <clears throat> you better begin to function as a church. Hey, I'm the, I'm the pastor shepherd. Mm -hmm. uh, these are our elders who are pouring into us. Um, this is where we, where we, we worship God together. Um, you know, it's not like passing the offering plate makes mm -hmm. it a church, but for us, you know, in the, in the real life groups that happen or, or the Bible studies, they're, they're a part of providing for the people, that small caring community and that growth mm -hmm. in Jesus, but it's not set up that way. There are, there are home churches. Mm -hmm. And we talked about earlier today, from, mm -hmm. you know, Francis Chan and, and what he helped us establish. Mm -hmm. And uh, th there looks to be a lot of health in that. I, I'm not there mm -hmm. and I don't study it a lot. Uh, I was a part of a church in Georgia <laughs> years ago where it was a cell church modeled okay. after... Uh, mm -hmm. Paul Yonggi chose Korea kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and so the, the main thing happened in the homes. Um, what we saw is that 40% uh, went to the homes and, you know, of the, of the church on Sunday that gathered. Right, right. So it's like, is it, is it really working? Wouldn't, uh, what would you say? Would you? But they were each pastors. Like each of those home cell church guys were called pastors. Right. But wouldn't you say in a, in in a, an environment like that, um, and I, I have so many directions I want to take this, but I'm, I'm in a, an environment like that where, like you're saying, 40% did the home church thing. Mm -hmm. And and you're not, what you're not saying is you can't do house church. 
Right, like that. Right. You're not saying that. It's right. just how you be a little bit more maybe intentional in in how right. you meet or how you structure your meeting. Right. Um. But with that, even even a house church, like you're saying, with forty percent doing the house church thing or mm. homes, but then what is it? Once a month they get into a big place, or how did yeah, they? Act? We did weekly, which made which always confused me. Okay. <laughs> so you would a weekly... lot do the monthly. Which, which is like, hey, we're going to do a monthly reunion, yep. gathering, celebration. Yep. And but then... most of the work is done in homes. Yeah. So with that, why – and you said you said it's not – it doesn't really work or so, – uh, uh, I think I'm maybe misquoting you. But what if deeper intentional relationship is happening even if it's l lesser of a number than what you would say is meeting on a – whenever your reunion is, yeah. I'll say it that <clears throat> way. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think that's fantastic. I think yeah. they're all the all the deepest stuff. I think would be great if it happened in, <laughs> in home settings in small right. caring communities. Uh, but at the same time, we're just, I mean, really, what what has been the, there's a way God set it up, and then there's the, as it grew out, there was a tradition. Mm -hmm. So we don't worship traditions, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't have biblical verses to go back to and go, well, that's you know, like our tradition of communion and baptism. That. We can find that. Right, right. The traditions that the church established aren't biblical, but man, we better we better look at them and honor mm. something there. And we better take into account a lot of that because you're talking Paul, Peter, and John, and those guys. Yeah. They kind of knew what they were doing, right? Well, and even some of the even though we don't have a church service listed out in in, in the Bible, we don't have like what like and we have the benediction today. Yeah. Like we this did, is our three songs yeah. of worship. Um, but what is fascinating? <laughs> benediction. All the way, wow. What? I know. We don't. I grew up, I grew up Baptist. I know. I still uh, ha I had to look up those words and memorize them at one point <laughs> to know what I was talking about. So in the foyer, <laughs> when we do. Um, no, so we, so, but it, but I mean, as early back as I think it's the, the second century, mm -hmm. you have Eusebius listing out an order of service. No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I'm learning. No, and so you have Eusebius, and it's, very similar to what we do today. Right. And I think we have, like, who'd he learn from? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? So there's a certain thing. You better, we better mindfully, prayerfully, uh, just legitimately honor that. Mm -hmm. And it better be a group of leaders pursuing and honoring that if you're yeah. going to change it. So you, yeah, we're not advocating <clears throat> for tradition for tradition's sake. But also I would say some traditions exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. And looking at um, why do they exist? So a great right. example of this, and you and I have had experience in it, where, well, Scott, um, I don't think one person should be the one giving the message. Because, like, what if more people in your congregation have a message? And, you know, Paul says mm -hmm. one brings a teaching and another one, and, you know, and so why are you, why do you get to be the only one that teaches us? Right. I mean, that would right. be that, right. that's often, especially those who advocate for um, a home church mm -hmm. style. Now, you and I are also very much submission minded where you, right. you, you we believe in a submission to an authority, mm -hmm. not just to you, to, right. to me. It's no, no, no. I I'm submitted to. So, right. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so. But what is your what is your rebuttal your your you know in in the whole movement which I don't know if it's died off or what which is funny because they don't have structure um the whole movement towards well the whole pulpit thing the whole you know worshiping to uh facing the front and you have the one guy up front that always goes so goofy people that turn around backwards because they don't want to honor they don't want to worship a person. Uh, I think they're worshiping themselves, but that's just me. <laughs> Fortunately, that died off pretty quick. Right. You know, that was weird. Or the leaderless leadership. Right. Yeah, no, the that's what, no, that's what I mean. So that's yeah. what I mean. Uh, I mean, number one, the phrase is dumb. So right. I don't. I don't like it because the phrase is is dumb. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, it's one of those oxymorons that. <laughs> it, it's like uh, what is it? What's the word? Anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> yeah, you just. It's like anti. I, we're we're organizing to be against organization. Yeah, but then there's also the well, okay, pastor, I need to come up and give a word, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up in that setting, so I grew up in a charismatic. We were like, all we we're at the at the 
We weren't Pentecostal, but we were as close as you get with staying maybe charismatic, a little more structured. Mm-hmm. We didn't jump over things. You uh, is there it, were there were no snakes. Okay. Is it Mark Dris- isn't Mark Driscoll who says charismatic with a seatbelt? <laughs> That's what we were. The seatbelt was loosened. Okay, so <laughs> it was more like a, the the mom. So I grew arm. up in that as a kid. <laughs> okay, uh, and it's funny because my dad, you know, military man, officer, mm-hmm. all that, uh, and and he was like the driving steady force, and then my uncle was like woohoo, okay. uh, you know, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic, but. But there were times I was like, ah. you know, people just go, I got a word, brother, and just give them the mic. And I mean, sometimes as a, I don't remember everything. I remember sometimes like, that was weird. Mm. And I'd mm. look at my mom and be like, was that weird? And she's like, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so I, we never grew. Mm. We started out about 50. And uh, when we left all those years later to go to a different church that we were connected to, it was about 50. Mm. I don't know. That's right. I mean, I don't know. I was still a kid we left as a teenager <clears throat> it, it just felt like it was a little loosey-goosey mm-hmm. um you know so there i think structure i mean who doesn't have structure in something mm-hmm. you know i mean nobody would argue with we might not like not you know lights and stop signs and some of the, but nobody would argue with structure of driving mm-hmm. especially if you've gone to Kathmandu or somewhere in oh india goodness. or jakarta i mean Driving through Jakarta, you know, it's four lanes and they make 17 out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it takes 45 minutes to go around the corner kind of thing. And it's like, because they, hey, here's a, like, here, instead of a microphone, they gave them a lane, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so structure's not bad. And Jesus had structure, mm. you know. And, mm-hmm. and he was also like, I'm stopping here at the well and we're just going to hang out for a while and mm-hmm. do this. Because he had a... He, I would guess that God's like, I got three years to do what I'm going to do through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus was a part of that, obviously. But uh, and then and then I'm going to launch something mm-hmm. new and bigger. So you, you made the statement about growing. But I also I'll say this. Oh, yeah. I also don't believe it should just be one person always only the only guy that ever preaches into your life. I don't think that's healthy mm. for a lot of reasons. I just don't think it's healthy. Like, tell me, I mean, have <laughs> Here's the deal, though. You have one guy who has a vision for God. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, why shouldn't he lead this movement? He should lead, but he should lead by by opportunity for others. I mean, we're called to be disciples until we die. Mark mm-hmm. Driscoll. I love that. My favorite Driscoll phrase. Yeah. So I'm supposed to disciple people. So if I'm the preacher mm-hmm. head leader, then I should duplicate myself. Like this person over here is duplicating what they do, uh, whatever it is. But so I should be raising up people who learn how to preach and lead in bigger ways. Mm-hmm. But if I don't ever give them a chance, then mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. So everybody else does it, but me, you know, so there's, there's danger because if I, if I die turning left on 281, which is a very high possibility in this world, we live in, uh, yes. what happens if there's no one that's ever preached in the pulpit before? Mm-hmm. What happens if no one's ever had an idea that got taken, like, taken to the next level Mm -hmm. Uh, so you give opportunities you're still the main one you're still leading the whole thing you're still Mm -hmm. responsible to the elder body and to god Mm -hmm. for leading it but it doesn't mean you have to be the talking head yeah but hold on scott so you and it creates idol worship thank you so much for listening to our podcast this is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website cultivaterelationships.com Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, We've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com slash support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. God's given you a vision for a movement, for a church, for a people, for a community, whatever mm-hmm. you find yourself in. As someone who is a part of that community, I would, I, it seems wise for me to meet with you. Mm-hmm. Because you're the person who's the you're the person carrying God's vision for the community, and so what I what I see it as is okay. 
rather than meeting with someone who maybe isn't necessarily as gifted or as visionary or as carrying the vision as as you have for the community, I need to meet with you. But what? So, I mean, I get your sarcasm. Um, but <laughs> number one, we know I'm that being, can't happen. I'm only being real, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> You're fake real. No. Number one, that's impossible. We know that, right? We've uh, heard people say this, though, right? Right. Like, <laughs> number one, it's impossible. Number two, like, what if I'm not the, what if as a leader, I'm not the best visionary? Well, then I'll find another church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But like, I I would highly doubt that I'm the best visionary in this church. <clears throat> I don't think it's my highest gifting. Now, I submit to myself to the elders. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that oversee the church. I'm one of a voice on that board, but I submit myself as the lead pastor. And I, I'm probably not the best visionary. And, or maybe sometimes I'm the best, like, overall general visionary, mm -hmm. but in missions, it's that guy. And in like <clears throat> reaching new people moving into the community, it's that guy. And maybe over here, uh, ministry to, to families, it's that lady. Uh, mm. That And then, so then you go, hey, what do I need to do to help you run with this? So you're saying- Because I don't have that in me, but man, you got it. I want to support that. And I, I'm the best supporter because I'm the leader. But here's the deal though, is I feel like- any vision that I, any mission that I have has to come out of the church. So I need the church to okay. stamp approval it <laughs> or do it. I, I, I mean, have a, I have a vision that I want you to do, Scott. Right. And I, you know, we, we know this. I remember the famous, I had a skate park, uh, yearly episode in Alaska, one person, uh, a youth skate park. And I'm always, but he, he was like, this is what needs to happen. Y'all pay for it. Y'all do it. Y'all make it happen. I want to go there sometimes. Um, and I would always tell him, man, your, your vision, your mm -hmm. passion, our covering, go. And, never, that, and get, he'd get angry at me. He finally quit the church after like year four. Oh. Here's here, um, one of the, okay, the funny thing is one of the best and most frustrating leaders we've had, um, first was our friend Dave, and then now you. <laughs> It, hold on. <laughs> wow. Hold on, though. Let me... Let David, me sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm lumping uh, you both in. Our you wonderful, both in. supportive here's missionary. Why, no, here's what I mean by um, best, is very few times do I remember you guys... Um, Did you say best Dave, or worst? Both. Oh, okay. Well, so I thought I'll, you said... I'll, yeah, no, no, I'll tell you why. So, <laughs> like, Dave, very few times outside of, like, responsibility as a staff member, mm -hmm. you have to do... X, Y, and Z as part of your paycheck. But in terms of envisioning for a department or for a plan, mm -hmm. like hands off, right? Right. Which is also incredibly frustrating because right. I think we have this view that authority should also tell us what to do. Right. And so for Lace, it took us, what were we with the church? Eight years? Eight years? And Lacey would... Lacey was constantly frustrating, frustrated, <laughs> frustrated, and she, well, to me, she was very frustrating. <laughs> no, but it was, it was funny because you go into a staffing position mm -hmm. assuming, okay, they're going to hand me responsibilities and then I will just check off those responsibilities. Right. But when you don't have that and you get hired on, in fact, part of your application process is writing your job description <laughs> it's like well what do you want to do and so that's what i mean by it's one of the best environments to be free in terms of wait i can do whatever i want mm -hmm. right i mean mm -hmm. it's, yeah it wasn't structureless by any means but the frustrating right. part is learning how to almost Walk in a vision that God's given you and kind of see that birth out of you, like the passion right. birthed out of you. And that's what I mean by it's one of the most frustrating because if you have a leader that you perceive, it's a perception, mm -hmm. oh, they don't care about me. Right. That's the, that's the heart, like that's the heart perception that you And then need what's to be, the enemy going to oh, right. harp on? Well, you should just quit anyways, yeah. right? Yeah. But it, it is hard. Like, it is one of those things where it's both the most freeing environment 
to learn how to walk in the passion gifting that God's given you. But then it's also one of those environments where it's almost like forced, you can choose not to, but forced heart checks. Right. You know? Um, and so that's, that's what I mean by it. I think people can perceive these circumstances, especially if they need the good job, like pat on the back or if they need the checklist. Right. It's a very hard environment to grow. Now I'm not saying. And we have to be mindful of those people because if God says, Hey, I need you to help Mr. Checklist man grow into what I have for him. (laughs) Yeah. We got to help that because I mean, I like there, there there's certain business people like Elon Musk that I just, I'm a fan of. Oh dude. And so I, I, I study everything that I can find on how he, leads hires mm-hmm. and then does that so he has he's like he's talking about like i, I don't really give a rip about your degree mm-hmm. I, and he has these two questions that he likes to ask in interviews and it's basically what are you passionate about and and what are you willing to do to make that happen in our company mm-hmm. and they make a judgment based on that mostly but then he's like i hire accountants and analytical people and mm-hmm. and and they can't handle that so then they get asked some different questions that has a lot of processes and structure, mm-hmm. but he goes, they're gonna as some they're gonna have to live like they can't look over their shoulder for when to put a check mark down, but they have to I have to provide all that for them mm-hmm. and give this structure because that's what they do on this side of life. This side of life, I want you to run and create and feel free. Mm-hmm. I want you to fail within reason mm-hmm. um, and then not hide it and grow from it and tell me why that was a great failure and mm-hmm. what we're doing next. And it's why we get, you know, it's why Tesla is Tesla. Well, and you see, that's what, it, that's what it, it's funny. You look at how much of the news is, you know, the talking points are based on Tesla or uh, Elon's failures. Mm-hmm. He loves it, his failures. He's trying stuff, though. <laughs> right? And he doesn't get, he's like, uh, I fail. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Billion uh, we, dollars. <laughs> yeah, we have to recall that because the cars, you know, we're rolling through stop signs. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, we did it. Uh, we're not hiding. He doesn't hide anything. Right. I mean, he maybe does, but from a bit. But one like, of his best failures was his truck expose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it broke it. Like he promised yeah. it wouldn't break, and it broke. And he's like, oh, yeah. we're gonna have to learn from that." <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, but but I love that because he knows I'm. You know, I've got these kinds of workers and leaders. I've got these kind, mm-hmm. and then the ones that are gonna move my company forward cannot only follow me. To the, you know, every stepping stone, mm-hmm. they have to be running on their own. Maybe I corral some of them back. Maybe I just say, hey, let me mm-hmm. know how it's going. But you got to have, you got to be able to lead people in different ways. But people, a great leader is okay with people being better than him mm-hmm. or her. Well, I think that's the only way. If you're not, then <coughs> you're probably an authoritarian dictator. I think that's the only way, <clears throat> whether it's a church or a organization or a business or whatever, can grow. Is if you're bringing in people. Either who are better than you, or mm-hmm. at least you're handing aspects of the business off, right? Church, whatever mm-hmm. organization, off to. Um. So, what would you? What's your advice for people who, uh, bringing it back to the church, go? Well, I think my local church should be doing X, or um, my local church hasn't given me permission to do X. Uh, you know, just some, sometimes I ignore them. <laughs> it just gets, I get it all week long. Oh, dude, I get I'll it. be honest, as a human being, I'm just like, oh, again. or, or that, that again. Oh mm-hmm. my word. The four people who liked that program 12 years ago, you know, whatever. Or, or, and then sometimes I'll ask the question, like, you know, I get the question about this old play that used to come and it, you know, kind of had a. Uh, Turner Burn kind of testimony to it, mm, the play, yeah. and then you. Dude, I, lo- I love the play in high okay. school. Um, yeah, I said in high school. And and when people are like, why don't we do that? Why don't we? Well, it's like, well, first of all, the, the, when I came on staff, they begged me never to do it. So that gave, oh, wow. I, so that didn't mean that was the answer. Mm-hmm. I need to look into it. Hmm. And then everybody that I talked to that was a part of it is always the same people every year being that were volunteering. And a lot of people that would, every person that asked to bring it back admitted to me they never helped. Not ever. They mm. would they would hand out tickets. Mm. That was the most they ever did. And they would show up to watch. And they never volunteered. I'm like, well, that, that speaks volumes to me. The only, mm. the, 
the 12 people who are her saying, how dare we not bring it back, never lifted a finger to help out. And and that and so I'm like, yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I don't, we don't really need that. Or the people that are like, why don't we do this? You know, why don't we do this mission anymore? Well, we just don't. We're not called to be part of every mission, mm-hmm. but here's the 14 that we do because mm-hmm. um, God's called us into these. So I'm sorry if we don't do that one anymore for whatever reason, or, or maybe it doesn't even exist anymore, <laughs> but we have these, uh, you know, or why don't we have this group? Well, no, the, the leaders, you don't want to lead it anymore, and mm-hmm. and there's no one for it. We should put a staff member over it. Well, there's no one passionate about it, so then they'd be doing it out of, out of honor and duty. Mm-hmm. Do you want somebody doing a ministry out of honor and duty alone? Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to become uh, very regimented at that point. How do you draw the line... Um, cause it's got me on a, another thought. Um, how would you draw the line between someone who's passionate over something and something that I don't want to say needs to be done. Cause you could say that about anything, but that, that balance between, okay, we don't have someone to do they this. They get assigned. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, no, you know what? I'll do it out of obligation to the church. Right. But I'm not passionate about it. Right. But then you fill a role, so the, the role's being done, but then you have someone over here who's like, I'm really passionate about that, but eh, they don't need me because it's already taken. Well, and, no, you have the, and you have the person over here who's like, I'm not passionate yeah. about it. Number but. one, I think you can't, if you know, mm. you better as a spiritual, mature leader following Jesus get that person. If you know that they want to, and, and right now this person's just a placeholder sure. out, of, out of goodness and, yeah. and humility, bring them in. I'd rather that person have less quality and be passionate about it, and then you raise them up. Right. You shouldn't, in my opinion. You should never release someone and say, hey, you're good at this. Go do it. I'm never going to talk to you. And we should walk everybody through. Some people just mm-hmm. need to be checked on sometimes, and some people just need to give their input back. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what we're doing. And some, you got to walk with them for quite a while. But I'd rather have a lesser qualified, passionate person than a committed, dutiful person Um, who's just like, I'm doing this because it's honoring. Do you ever feel like there's certain things in, again, we're talking about a church environment, okay? So do you think there's places in a church environment that almost need to fail to allow people to step it, step into it? I think it's good. I don't know about fail. I, and I, I don't think it has to. I think no, 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 no. sometimes I, it should. Yeah. But I, I think the best is either that person lets me know they're passionate or I go tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, I think you'd be really good at this. Have you thought about mm. this? No, and I mean fail like... Maybe something doesn't happen. Right. That right. could or should. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean by fail. Like basically it's not mm-hmm. happening or it's not happening yeah. well um, for other people to. So with that, in, in, it's so hard because you said you, you get this all the time with people coming in and going, oh, the church should do this, this, or this. How do you, how do you, how do you as a leader or maybe as you teach other leaders as well mm-hmm. to come in and go, okay discern between someone who is gifted and passionate or maybe not gifted but desire mm-hmm. to yeah for that genuine and someone over here who's like well the church just needs to do right like how do you personally or maybe how do you teach people to discern between those two uh i don't know that i've ever really thought through that i think Maybe I've just been blessed by God that <laughs> the people that he's brought in my life that that, that there's some people that he that maybe I inherited in my life mm. or, or you know that that you could just tell, okay, either they God, you gotta get them on track or or I just am like I just I'm just letting them be over here. I'm gonna deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the ones that that I get to be a part of them coming into my life mm-hmm. and working together, they kind of can figure that stuff out on their own. Like, I, I mean, I tap in this guy for this, this guy for this. Mm. Um, and you just say, yeah, man, that's awesome. Mm. Um, I think we're always presenting, hey, we want your what you're passionate about. And then we're always, hey, at the same time, I'm tapping shoulders. I'm asking people to come mm. along. And then you got to d- determine, you know, a- as 
Like, does that person do it? Is this going to be a, a year long me really training them, almost interning them to lead mm -hmm. this later? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I can figure that out pretty good. I've, I've done it for so long. And like, mm -hmm. even like going back to our Alaska days, the ministry, the main ministry I had, I had 71 team members and I was the only guy paid. Mm -hmm. So I, I, and I, I never thought any different. That's just the mm -hmm. way it was. We, our money went to missions and starting other churches. So I was like, you know, so I knew this one, I'm going to, they're going to probably stay in this little vein right here. This one, mm -hmm. man, they're going to be small groups. This one, I'm going to raise them up to, man, maybe they can replace me one day. Mm -hmm. and, and so you pour in different ways, different people. They're not mm -hmm. more important than others. They just maybe have a, a bigger, broader role or, or you recognize that, man, that's a pastor in the making right there. And it's going to take two years to get them there. Mm -hmm. I'm committed to it. And then you hope. You set the stage for and bring in people that are leaders mm -hmm. that, that do the same thing that go, man, I can, I, I can see a, a Timothy there or a Stephen there or a Titus there, you know, maybe somebody like, um, you know, Barnabas who, who saw Mark being cast off because uh, Paul got <laughs> ticked mm -hmm. at him and he's like, there, there's some value there and, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring him along. We see the results mm -hmm. later. Mark was like, he's the best dude for the job right now. Mm -hmm. So Barnabas saw there's a cast off and he might've deserved it. Sound like he probably deserved it. Right. But Barnabas was this encourager who was like, I can redeem that. Yeah. Cause we're all gifted to have extra grace for certain people that like, sometimes I'm like, I don't have any idea. I have grace for that. That person <laughs> drive me crazy, but I'm so glad you do. Yeah. And then people are like, Scott, what in the world? Why do you keep giving that person a chance? I'm like, I got grace here and you don't have to because mm -hmm. Jesus has me here right mm -hmm. now. Man, that's humanity. That I love. So I love that part of, you know, it's, it is the global church. We see Paul writing about that, how we're all a body, mm -hmm. but then that expresses itself in a local church. Right. And I think uh, the failure of some local expressions of the church, um, fail because they do have that like mono body part mm -hmm. going on mm -hmm. where we're only the mouthpiece right we're only the hands and feet right um and i think it's it's grating it's frustrating because obviously working in a in a body that is diverse is really frustrating Right, right, because it's it's like oh well, why why is Scott teaching that way? Mm -hmm. yeah, Scott should yeah. be teaching more hellfire and brimstone, right. <laughs> or 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 well, why are we singing those songs? Those songs are heretical, or these are just yeah things people say, stupid things people say. Um, so, but that's the beauty of it, and that's I think the mess of the body of Christ. I mean, Mike, I love the messy. It's so cool. Number one, I'm messy. <laughs> right. So I'm glad that I'm not an outlier in Christianity. <laughs> and I think people, hold on. My marriage I, can be on. messy. My kid's messy. I'm, I love, and it shows there is one greater than the messy. And I think people as a whole, outside of your nitpicky, neat Nick Baptists. Um, oh, <laughs> I think... I'll, I'll make fun of charismatics later, okay? Hey, Assembly of God. That's my piece. Um, oh, not Assembly of God. No, no. Independent. But I think, I think people genuinely appreciate, maybe very uncomfortable with, mm -hmm. but are drawn to, wait, did he just say his wife had an affair mm -hmm. as the pastor? There's mm -hmm. something to that of the mess that people are. We're not condoning or celebrating the mess. Right. But we are expressing this is the mess that I am I was in and maybe currently am in mm -hmm. right here's what I am currently struggling with in my walk with Jesus in my walk with right. others because imagine somebody coming to either they got two kids wife's pregnant he's an electrician moved mm -hmm. to the area they barely keep up with bills and time and right. And now the kids are doing sports stuff and, and it matters, but they know it's not the biggest thing in the world. And they're exhausted and they feel like they're failing. I'm not this good of a husband and uh, mm -hmm. how are my kids going to make it in this world? And they come to church and we say, none of us ever have problems because we follow Jesus. Look how pretty we are. Mm -hmm. 
and we are the pristine representations of all humanity to the world, um, be like us. Is he going to feel like he's welcome there? Or if we get up there and say, hey, man, we're dealing with uh, fear issues today. Anybody, you know, freak out this week about their, their kids mm-hmm. and this? Or, uh, man, we got anger issues and we're going to show, we're going to see what Paul says about dealing with anger. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to like drop kick their kid this week? And he's like, what? Is he talking about child abuse? <laughs> Are there policemen? <laughs> but like here? he's going to feel, or like, I just, I felt hopeless this week after this was brought out on the news and I'm, I'm scared and mm-hmm. I came to, you know, we're here to worship a, a, a God of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, we, we know that some of you are feeling hopeless this week. That person's going to feel like I belong here. I can, mm-hmm. I can, there's, it's messy mm-hmm. with hope. So with, so you have the messiness that's uncomfortable to Baptists and you have the, if you are not this way, I told you I'd bring it around to the assembly of God <laughs> and you only you only operate as a Christian through this singular doctrine or several mm-hmm. doctrines that we have. Mm-hmm. That's what a mature Christian is. Right. Both segment, both uh, ostracize a, a demographic of people. Right. Well, I wait, I don't speak in tongues. Wait, I don't feel like I have that gift. Mm-hmm. Wait, so am I a less than Christian? And then over here you have, wait, my life isn't that neat and <laughs> pristine, nice. It's, am I not a mature Christian? Right. So you have it on both sides. Right. And it's, it's, I think the vulnerability, the messiness, and by messy, I don't, like, we're not, I don't think we're just talking about sin. We're just talking about mm-hmm. messiness, right? right? Like of church, of relationships, of part of it doctrine, part of it, um, sin mm-hmm. you know it's but being okay with messy which is really where we f- find unity um uh, unit like i i think it was um i think maybe bill johnson um <laughs> he says you know we're looking for unity not uniformity right and i love that distinction oh yeah where unity has to exist amidst diversity Mm-hmm. Uni- uniformity is everyone looks the this same, way. acts mm-hmm. the same. Um, okay, I want to go back to something you said a, a, a while ago about growth. Um, so you, you made the statement about how if you if you're not training people up, if you're not looking at these other mm-hmm. other areas, um, dealing with growth, that you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to grow. So. <clears throat> I, I want to pick your brain on. Now, on... I think you you can grow, but I don't know if you can grow healthy. Okay, so that's what I was going to. Numbers pick your... are different than. So that's what I want to pick your brain maturity. on. Is okay. So you have you have a church over here. Uh, let's let's call it a mega church, mm-hmm. and um, they're about as as deep as a as a puddle in Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay, numbers growth. Right. You have a. Uh, hillbilly church over here of 15 people in a community of 30. <laughs> right. They're not going to grow. <laughs> right. But this over here is booming. I mean, they got right. a website and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I want to talk on is whether you're talking about a, okay, extremes aside, a larger church that has multiple services or just has multiple smaller ministries within the church. Mm-hmm. And then over here, you have a house church of, I'm talking best case scenario on both. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not being sarcastic. Both are healthy. Yeah. Over here, a house church of like 15, 20 people. You do have leaders. You do. They, they're observing some of these traditional makeups of the church. Mm-hmm. Communion. They've, you know, all, all right. One paint best case. So I guess, how do you, how do you look at and determine health and growth in those two two environments? Um, let's say this mega church is on the outskirts of a large city, mm-hmm. and this house church is within a local city of millions of people. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you? I guess. I mean, I you... think you got to live out. Are they living out the basics of the gospel? Are they living out when they when we say love God. Well, that's broad. 
So love God, love people. So the great, the great commandment, love Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and uh, love people, love others as yourself. What does that look like? How are you living? Are you, is it like, well, I love God because I, I read my devotional every day on the Bible app and, and I mm. attend. I don't know if that's loving God. Mm. It's doing God, mm. doing the God stuff. But like, am I pursuing God and seeking the Holy Spirit to speak into my life? And am I asking him to let the fruit grow you know, abundantly for the uh, for other people to feast off of what's coming out of my life. Am I, am I diving into the gifts that He's given me, uh, mm. spirit filled, and am I living them out for the cause of the kingdom because I love other people? Mm. That's that's you might not grow much because you maybe you can't numbers wise, but you're you're multiplying the kingdom. Mm. And then, are you doing the great commission? Are you going? And telling others about mm. Jesus, and when they get saved, you're baptizing them and growing them in the Lord by discipling them. Um, that's huge. Whether mm. whether you can grow or not, whether you add numbers or not, um, are you are you making an, an impact in this broken world f because of Jesus? Mm. Um, and then, are you a welcoming center mm. for for the seekers and the hurting and and the wounded to come in and find find Jesus? Uh, find healing, find hope, um, find respite. Uh, same thing over here. I mean, are you just like, man, this is a great church. He's a great preacher. You know, everybody knows him. It's fun to come here and say that's my church, and then I go home. Well, you're not. You're not. Maybe there's, I, I would guess there's tons within the church that are. But it, I think it maybe you can hide easier there. Mm. Uh, one of my best friends used to, he used to go to a mega church up in, in Dallas a number of years ago, and it was a, a multi-site with a TV. You know, so there's one live thing, and the rest Ooh. of them were TV. There was like 10 of them. And he's like, man, I, got, I love to come in five minutes after it starts, sit at the back wall, and leave during the last prayer so nobody talks to me. Ooh. And I'm like, why? And he said, I'm supposed to go to church. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. You're not just supposed to go to church. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're getting nothing out of it. His life was breaking apart around him. And he's like, but I was raised to do right. Mm -hmm. We were raised together. So, like, I know how he's raised. And, and he's like, I was raised to do right. And that's one of the do rights. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, but he's, he's like, it's great. No one talks to me. Mm -hmm. So, now he tried to be hidden and not talk to, but they also never talked to him. Right. Right. And he eventually, after four years, didn't go to that church anymore. Two challenges that I see, and again, I'm I'm kind of maybe oversimplifying it all over here for the the large church that has online mm -hmm. availability. What's your challenge to people who are like, oh yeah, I go to that church on YouTube? Yeah, I think you got to work to <laughs> to tell them that is not the way to do. Why? Because isn't that there's the no, there's no community? Isn't that the family reunion though? And I have not really, but I have baseball on, and I have people there that I right. talk with. I mean, if I call my auntie when she's sitting under the pavilion at the family reunion, that's not. I'm not there. So, so uh, that's not. So there's. It's just not church. Now sometimes people are sick, or or they're traveling, or they work on an oil field, and so they have to tune in when they're not mm -hmm. home. I get that, mm -hmm. uh, but if it's like that's my life, that is never. It's not Christian. It's not even Christianity. Uh, it's convenient religion. It's so, just not healthy. So you, even with all of the online accessibility that we have nowadays, you're saying there is something vitally important of the face-to-face. -face. has to be. It just has to be. Hmm. There's just not, I mean, I would imagine God and all his, he could have figured out a way I know man had to pay for man's sin. Okay, so Jesus had to become a man. But like, he he could have done it less relational, less personal. I mean, everything he does is but he could have deeply figured, messy and relational. I know, but he could have figured out a way. He could have he could have been like, well, I'm just going to send G Jesus is going to be born into a rich family and never have a problem. And he's just going to have a nice life and then he's going to die. 
and he's still going to live a perfect life and not sin. Mm. Uh, but he made everything deeply personal. Mm. He got into the lives of the messiest people on the planet around him. There weren't, there's no group of me- religion, tax collectors, prostitutes, <laughs> demon possessed people, selfish, mm. you know, sailors. <laughs> I mean, you pick what could be messy. Mm. He got right in there. Mm. He didn't stick to the, the neat and clean and fringy suburbs. When you have to, you have to. So we have to. We have well, to even, be in there. Even the neat and clean suburbs is. I know. We know. It's but it's 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 whitewashed tombs. Exactly. But right. It can be. It can be. Not. It's not all that way. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to if say. If you live in a suburb, you're a whitewashed tomb. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> no, but what I what I do mean by that is I think we do. It's funny in the American society have this perception of suburbs as this clean facade. They have their life together, mm-hmm. and studies have shown it's not right. That at but all. Jesus got right involved with people right. in the messiness of life, and if He did that, who in the world am I to say I won't or I don't need it? I don't need it, or this is how I do it. I know it's not what Jesus did, but he didn't have Facebook back then. <laughs> Even that's it. I, no, it's just no. It is nowhere in Scripture that we're told to mail it in. Never, ever. It's terrible. You mean Facebook Messenger then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I have a friend, mega church in in Austin, and leads the worship ministry, and it is, and they have been fantastic over the years. But when COVID happened. Because of their demographics, they fully shut down for a year Hmm. and went online only. And they have the money to make it happen at the highest level. And they couldn't get anybody to come back after a year. And Hmm. I said, what in the world did you? I was like, why? Hmm. That is so dumb. You're dumb. (laughs) You know, and and he said, if I could go back, if I could go back, I would, we would Hmm. tape record it like old school, like the old click. And we would tape record a message and I'd sing a couple songs and it would sound so bad. And we'd put that like on just a little radio stream. That's Mm -hmm. all we'd give them for the minimal time because we were required for six weeks by our governor. Mm -hmm. And we honored that. Um, They kept it for another 46 weeks. Mm. And he said we we blew it. So, okay, so the one side is, and I, I think as an infinite God with infinite amounts of wisdom, and forethought he saw i believe he saw and said you know what messy is better than pristine (laughs) well i was gonna i'll I'll say it a little bit more controversial way relationship is better than my sovereignty yeah which is yeah sorry baptist but but isn't that why he gave free will right well, free will's messy. Depends on how you sovereignty talk. with no free will, where I elect, I I choose well, through election. Those then there's no messy there because it's going to happen. But that's not that's not a relational well, loving God. And you look at you look at what was God before creation. So God just by himself, perfect relationship, perfect relationship. The three of them and the angels got there to was, enjoy watching that. Well, even before angels, yeah, even before angels. Mm-hmm. You don't have him sovereign over anything. You have him in relationship. Right. Which is, to me, a deeper nature and reality of God than... It goes back further. Relationship goes back further than sovereignty. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So my other side, I, I told you I'd go over to the house church side, okay? Mm-hmm. Small group, whatever. Yeah, house church, be honest. Um. So with that side... Okay. Over here it was getting into relationship. Oh, over here. So... Again, well, house church is the only way to do it because that we are deeply relational. Mm-hmm. And so churches that are bigger than 25 people, because you can't be in relationship with more than 25 people, um, we are the ones that are the true church, or we are mm-hmm. the ones that are the true expression, if it, use that term, of the church. What's your... Well, I don't know what you do with Peter and the... And the, when the Holy Spirit fell and 3,000 were added in a single day. <laughs> I don't know what you do with that, man. Peter was way off. He screwed up. I don't know why they put that in the Bible. First of all, you have to discount so much Bible mm. because the church was growing like crazy. You have, to, you have to discount so much that happens around the globe in communist and terroristic nations. 
I mean, Afghanistan is right now the fastest growing church in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. And and they're not sticking with 25 in each house. They're just doing whatever happens, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's number centric in the same way that somebody's like, we're a mega church of Mm -hmm. Mm 25,000. I don't know if they talk like that, but um, (laughs) yeah. yeah, I mean, if if God calls your church to be a house church, okay. Mm. Again, you better have multiple leaders. You better have a leadership structure according to the Bible and and submit to God through those le- and then those leaders. And you better not try to cap it, not like bust a cap in it, but like <laughs> cap the growth. That doesn't make any sense. It depends on if you're in the inner city or not. <laughs> yo, yo. Uh, but, but the church is meant to always grow. Yeah. Now, if if you're constantly sending out people to start new home churches out of your and your growth, mm-hmm. you stay 25 because you're starting 25 other churches in that mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You're actually growing and you're staying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if your sending capacity is as fast as your growing capacity, that's mm-hmm. totally fine. I think that's probably better than fine. <laughs> right. I think that's spectacular. Right. And right. it's very Jesus-y. So, uh, but you better not be like, we're this because they're that. Mm. That is never healthy. Yeah. I mean, we, we did like, I grew up, I'm never going to be like my dad. Mm-hmm. That was an unhealthy thing. Unresolved yeah. in my mind. And then I became my own God. No, I was gonna... And then I became my dad anyway. <laughs> and then I got restored and redeemed. And yeah. So I think that's the, I think that's the big key, kind of regardless of where you fall on any church or community spectrum is that anytime if I do the comparison game, mm-hmm. whether I'm less than or better than, I'm mm-hmm. less than because, well, I don't have that many people coming to my ministry, but they have that many. Right. Right. That That's a being um, what, not demonstrative, d- diminishing, diminishing mm-hmm. of me or we only have 25 people <laughs> or we, we have 25,000 people. So we are obviously doing something right. Right. Well, you're... that's when you put a cap in <laughs> again, only if you're in Chicago. Um, uh, so no, but like both can play the game. We're right. small because we're doing what Jesus is telling us to do. Mm-hmm. We're large because we're doing what Jesus tell, told us to do. Mm-hmm. What's funny is even, even saying we're we're doing what Jesus told us to, so this is why we're doing that, or this is we're better than them. Mm-hmm. You've immediately lost what you're doing for Jesus, right? Because <laughs> right. you just said we're better. We're if doing, you're like yeah. we are where we are <coughs> yeah. right now because this is what Jesus is calling us to win, win. But we're better than you. And next year, if we're this, yeah, or we're that, win. If we grew, yeah. if if our church got smaller because we planted another church. Win. If our church right. got bigger because more people got saved or moved and found a life-giving community, win. But, but it's ever, only because of Jesus. If if ever you add the clause, we're doing it better, or we're here's one we're doing it more biblical. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, watch out. Better watch <clears throat> out. It's a dangerous thing. It's a. It, I think you and, you did. Yeah, you certainly quench <clears throat> the Holy Spirit. Yeah. In, in bringing that daily life. Well, and J- James really talks about this. And I, I've i read James so many times, but I just stumbled upon this verse. You know when you read the Bible and all it's of a sudden so the verse... Weird. Happened to me recently too. I have not read that? I know. So in James, he, he makes this clause of... Um, no, oh, no, no, it's going to escape me. <laughs> Shoot. Tune in next week when Nate remembers. <laughs> it's a new segment that we're going to do. <laughs> Matthew. When they remembers a verse. No, he's talking about just the whole idea of judgment and and basic oh he he says so you follow the law of judgment, mm-hmm. which he's referring to the law. He's like, Great, you're gonna be judged by the law of judgment. My <laughs> encouragement is to be judged by the law of love. Yeah. And he and he's talking about yeah, and he's talking about love and being gracious and mer- mm-hmm. like merciful towards others. He goes, So if you're gonna be judged against the law of judgment, you will be judged. If you're going to be judged mm-hmm. against the law of love, you'll have mercy yeah. because you show mercy. And so that's, and you, you know, my story, right. And I'm learning to fall on that side of things of giving I think people. You've come. I think you're more than learning. <laughs> Knowing your story. 
if justice and mercy were presented 12 years ago or in my uh, you would have been like what mercy uh, but in in my brain because i know my own thoughts i'm like oh i'm still working on it <laughs> we have our fallbacks but, yeah. but i think it's that's the thing is is in whatever community you land in, and I think what we've been talking about is healthy principles mm-hmm. of you can't have intimate, vulnerable relationship to a screen, right? Right. So watching, you can't even room. really have it to um, a stage in yeah, yeah, in a real. I mean, you yeah. can have a moment that gets you there, but yeah. then go somewhere and unpack that with That's with good. ten to twenty, right? But I, and I would always just land on whatever your ministry, church is, even workplace. If you land on the law of judging someone else's motives, just know that that that's the law that God judges you by. If you're going to land on the side of judging someone in love and mercy, and I would call it giving them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume the best about their motives. Believe in the best. Yeah. Um, Then that's going to be how you are judged as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Dude, thank you so much. Yeah. It was a fun conversation. I know. It snowed outside today for us. Isn't that weird? Not next week. The thing that is, the thing is, the thing we don't speak of happened. I know. (laughs) The word we shall not name. The word we shall (laughs) not (laughs) name. It's interesting. In Narnia. And you and I came to work today. I know. Nobody else is here. I actually saw somebody walk around. I actually have a a meeting with someone who didn't want to drive. And I was, me and your wife were making fun of her. Mm-hmm. She'll go unnamed right now. <laughs> I oh, think I know who it is. She, she does listen to this. She podcast. drives one, 10 yards further than me. Come on, man. But she was raised in Southern California. <gasps> I was this, raised in South Texas. Well, you but you spend a ton of time in, in Northern. I don't name. I don't talk about that. Like We remember, don't talk about those things. Remember your favorite place of Georgia? No. Wasilla? Was, oh, man. No. So painful. Omaha. There's some painful moments. Uh, yeah. Snow. All right, dude. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. All right. Goodbye.